Welcome to Breaking Good, the officially unofficial podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. Should I start saying on Netflix at this point? <laughs> no. Like, no? No. Because that's uh, really the only place I On AMC brought to you by it. Sony. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. And Yeah. Well, we're talking this week about season one, episode four, titled Cancer Man. Uh, this is where it kind of slows down a little bit. We we catch our breath. We get a little family time. Uh, good stuff like that. Indeed, I want to read a the opening line from Alan Suppenwall's review okay. uh, back from 2007. I don't know if it's just that the Crazy Eight story is done or that Walt has finally fessed up about the cancer, but not the meth to his family or simply that I'm more used to its rhythms, but after being interested in, but not necessarily riveted by the first three episodes, I'm finally starting to feel engrossed by the show. Hmm. Okay. WTF man, because this is the, sh- this is the first episode where I felt like, yeah, it's a little slow. Not saying it's bad. No, just I saying it's, it's not grab your nuts and swing you around the room. Like the first two and sure. three episodes were. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it's hard to, introduce characters and set up stuff and make that super interesting and action-packed sure like the first three episodes are and i feel like that's what they're doing here is setting us up with character backstories plus uh, yeah and 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 pushing the plot along for the next three episodes of the season i mean this is the first hint that jesse's anything but a chucklehead sure yeah so there's that, and we needed that to. And we've got to have a reason for Walt to get back in the game, right? Right. There has I don't to. Think, I don't think Walt is done cooking. I think it's safe to say, with five seasons of this show left, <laughs> that the meth has not left the show. Definitely would like to explore that. Yeah, obviously, I'd like to explore <laughs> that. Uh, you know, moral culpability for the continuance of cooking. And okay. and who shares yeah. responsibility for that in this episode? Because, you know, that's one of the things I've been kind of surprised. Uh, you know, compared to later seasons, what my feelings are about how this kind of stuff originated. Uh, probably a lot of that be talking in the spoiler section. Yeah, yeah, I think so. A couple things up front. Uh, just wanted to, again, get it out there that Jim and I will be traveling to the ABQ, Albuquerque, New Mexico, November 7th and 8th. That weekend, we'll be helping to host the Breaking Bad Fan Fest. You can get more information at ABQ Breaking Bad Fest, yeah, break, ABQ Breaking Bad Fest.com or on Facebook.com slash Breaking Bad Fest. Uh, they are going to have official or as official as you can get, I guess, tours of Albuquerque, some of the set locations, kind of various actors. Uh, we're hosting a panel with Stephen Michael Cazeta, Agent Gomez, amongst others. I got a lot of cool questions after watching the Emmys. Uh, and hearing the cast talk about how you know ever the crew all got together and how everyone's excited to work, I'd really like to ask some of these guys the the supporting cast, you know, like how much of that they felt. I'm mm-hmm. kind of interested to see if there was like a an adults and kids table <laughs> and whether they're going to call bullshit on this. Maybe we we'll get the real story about how Brian Cranston's actually a total asshole. Yeah, yeah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that. I mean, so. that's yeah, an Aaron Paul fucking ego tripping dick weed. Sure, on meth most of the time. On actual yep. meth, it was actually smoking real meth. It <laughs> yeah. wasn't yep. cloves or anything like that. I'm excited. Uh, there's going to be co- uh, costume contests, so everybody get their Tyvek suits and their hoodies on and their their gas masks. Get their pork pies out. Get their bad mustaches. Sure. Get your mama jeans. 
Get your groove on. Uh, head out there November 7th and 8th. First 50 VIP tickets. Still getting complimentary RV tour tours. I can't talk today. <laughs> of the Breaking Bad locations. You get to sail in your very own crystal ship. It's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait. It's less than two months away. So check yep. it out. Breaking Bad. Uh, uh, ABQ Breaking Bad fan. Jesus Christ. ABQ Breaking Bad Fest. Dot com. Uh, it's always linked to the show notes if you want to get it there as well. A um, couple other things I want to talk about. This was written as by Vince Gilligan, of course, as most of the first season episodes are, mm-hmm. and directed by Jim McKay, who I didn't, you know, I, it's not one of the ones I've, I've I've heard of before. He only directed this one episode of Breaking Bad, but check out his resume. Uh, two episodes of Rectified, six episodes of Good Wife, uh, The Americans, Law and Order, Treme. Uh, Hung, Big Love, Breaking, or of course Breaking Bad, a couple episodes of The Angel, The Wire. This guy has done a lot of high quality shit. Mm-hmm. So, and he really brought some interesting emotional performances, especially out of Aaron Paul. Really good early work from Aaron Paul. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, it's it's sometimes hard to see the potential of Aaron Paul in these first seasons. Mm-hmm. He get more of that in the later seasons, but. Yeah, this is one of those episodes where we get a little bit of nuance. I feel like this is also the first episode we got anything but the asshole spectrum from Hank. Sure. A little bit more than just brash, uh, racist, dumbass DEA agent from Dean Norris. And, you know, it only took the announcement of his brother-in-law's cancer to get that out of him. Sure, sure. (laughs) I feel like that's the normal operating mode for Hank. Right. Shall we get to down and dirty on this episode? Let's do it. We start off with Hank running down the evidence for some new meth, meth cooks being in town. They, they're on the case here. They got they got the trap car last time. Now they're really investigating it. They've got the gas mask. Yeah. So, wow, we knew that from last episode. They think there's a new kingpin in town. <laughs> and in what is a hilarious cut, we go over to Walt. Brushing his teeth. Yeah, Brian Cranston in his tidy whities brushing his yeah, teeth. Just kind of letting his gut stick out, too. I yeah, thought no. I appreciated that. Yeah. Brian Cranston has zero shame. Yeah, yeah. Anything that he can do with his body. I mean, look at his perf- <laughs> look at his performance in the Emmys. Uh, uh-huh. That kiss with Julie Wee Dreyfus made the broadcast, and I'm sure they worked it out in advance, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it takes some balls to do that on live TV and to do it for the just amount of time to make it maximally uncomfortable and funny yes uh really great um we this also that we we had a little bit of minor debate about how whether we knew for sure crazy eight is a snitch this episode cements it uh they talked about explicitly that it was crazy eight or domingo and he sold out his his own cousin emilio Mm -hmm. so uh also 91 or 99.1 is the uh name that's our buddies over there putting on the ABQ Fan Fest have taken for their production company. Yeah, 99.1% cool productions. I like it. Very cool. Uh, oh, else? I got a – yeah, but I got a – I almost I almost slipped in a spoiler no, an no. observation. No, no, no. So uh, let's yep. move on to lunch at the White House with Hank and Marie. <laughs> uh, yeah, not the actual White House. The White House is what we call, you know, the house of the White family. Sure. <laughs> um, Walt tells the story of how – he and Skyler got together after some pretty pretty funny remarks from Hank. Like, mm-hmm. Hank is cracking jokes left and right here. And I thought they were all funny. Uh, does the Pope shit in his hat? 
<laughs> I, I don't think he does. I'm no. with Murray. I don't know. Although, you know, it's a big hat. It could be... A lot of room in there. You know, when you're trapped whatever. in the Pope Mobile, mm-hmm. it's not like you can just pull over and go to a portal pot. Maybe it's multifunction. <laughs> uh, so Walt tells a story about him and Skylar, and then uh, that gets Skylar all riled up, and she starts crying, and then says, hey, uh, you tell them what's wrong. And he tells them, I have cancer. And it's bad. It's bad, apparently. I love how Hank, at the moment where he says, I have cancer, it looks like someone tossed a live grenade at him. <laughs> he doesn't He's know what to do. He's just looking in every direction, doesn't know where he should roll on the ground, jump in the pool, sure. uh, shit or go blind, mm-hmm. and or both. I don't, I don't know. But again, a nice little subtle performance uh, from Dean Norris there. Yeah, there's some other interesting things in here. I mean, the the contrast between Hank's personality and Walt's personality and Junior kind of being stuck in the middle here between his uncle and his dad. Um, you know, they're talking about like how you pick up girls and Hank says it's all about confidence, but Walt has no confidence, right? Like Walt is a man without confidence at this point. But he didn't used to be. He, he didn't used to be, no. But even the way he picks up Skylar doesn't is, really say much about his confidence. It's, it's more it's of more the, persistence. the that's persistence. That's the other element that Hank mentions, but that's all Walt uses. Sure. Persistence. Yeah. Um, one thing I forgot to mention, did you like the parallel between the opening of the last episode where we had, or no, actually it was the episode two where Walt was drawing up on the chalkboard, breaking down the human body and opening with Hank at the whiteboard, breaking down the connections to the, to the Kingpin. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a, is that just a visual visual flourish or is it, is it establishing something about Hank that we can tuck away in our memory banks that, you know, Walt's passion is chemistry Hmm. and he's really good at it. Hank's passion is, uh, you know, stamping out catching drug dealers, guys. catching bad guys. Yeah. And that he's really good at it, even though we yeah, haven't. I, assume, I think he's passionate about that. It's kind of like a maybe a cinematic shorthand that we haven't seen a lot. In fact, it looks like he's very lazy in his crime fighting uh, and maybe. Yeah, missed... but he's also good. Like the, the trap car stuff shows us that. You know, he's maybe a step ahead of... Yeah, he's super good of... at finding a teenth of meth. <laughs> sure, I, I, the results are ridiculous, but it, it shows a characteristic about him. Yeah, right? yeah. That he's better than his partner. Yes, that's true. He's a cut above uh, yeah. his partner. Sure. Uh, and there, there will be a lot more to discuss about that in future seasons. Um, but I, the one thing I take away from this scene, above all else, is that crosswords are an aphrodisiac. Oh yeah, three across. What's what's three across, Skylar? Oh, it's intercourse. I get it. No, I get it, Walt. <laughs> For the last time, <laughs> he only asked about the sexually charged ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Four down, five letters. Herpes, male genitalia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's move on to later that night when you know the family kind of sits down and has a talk about Walt's cancer. Um, and they, they really want to dig into the problem, but Walt is just kind of, he's, he's dreading it, I think probably because of the money, probably because of other issues. Do you, let's, let's take a, a Skylar like ability to, uh, um, you know, dip, okay. put our finger to the wind after we moistened it first, of course, see which way the wind's blowing. 
Skyler, is she more or less likable in this episode? On the one hand, Walt, as as everyone points out in this episode, how the hell do you not tell your family that you have cancer? Where you can't, yeah. everyone wants to help you. It's been like three days at least. Here. On the other hand, he finally tells. Uh, and I'm not saying that that Walt is is less likable than Skyler. I'm just trying to say, you know, one of the things I'm trying to explore is why was Skyler so unlikable from a fan base besides just your garden variety misogyny? Yeah, we get that. You know, she promised Walt that she would keep his secret until he was ready to tell. Is it slightly unlikable that she broke down and let slip his promise to everybody, including Junior? Like, yeah, yeah, you can't. I mean that to me rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. Like it'd be one thing if you did, if, if you decide you're going to take matters in your own hand and bring your sister and your brother-in-law in your confidence. Mm-hmm. But to do that right with any kind of consideration of junior's feelings, again, as a parent and the number one job you have as a parent is to, you know, protect your child emotionally and otherwise. Sure. I feel like that is kind of un, was, was unlikable. It's definitely something I, that would rub me raw, raw as a viewer. Yeah. I, I see where you're coming from. Little Lori from Walking Dead. <laughs> I, I I see your point there. My counterpoint would be she didn't mean to do that. She, she is not a conscious decision that she makes. Walt is telling this flowery story about how they first met and got together. And that brings that emotion out of her. It's not like she made a choice to say, I'm going to I'm going to bust all your news up here. Give it to the family. Give could it she to have Junior. excused herself somehow, or could she have like passed it off on just being, you know, pregnancy hormones? Or says, there's a there's a lot of ways to handle that other than sure. ask him. She didn't try to cover it up when yeah. she gets up and flees. Like you could be forgiven to think that like Walt has cheated on her, but she also you know, leaves the door open for Walt to do that. Well, she doesn't say Walt has cancer and runs inside. No, but she says ask him. He, he's she's he's literally with. Throwing him through the wolves, especially with uh, Marie there. We've had money problems. We're going bankrupt. She's getting emotional about that. Yeah, and plus... There are a thousand excuses Walt could could have come up with at that point. I guess that's true. So she doesn't that that would. I don't know that would fly with Marie. Because Marie's a fucking bulldog. Sure, she'd be inside questioning Skylar. What really happened? Yeah, I just think it's unfortunate. Number one, that he didn't tell his fucking family. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, that he used it as a weapon to bludgeon down Skyler's natural and and quite correct suspicions that he's up to something. And but mm-hmm. number three, also that Walt Junior got caught in the crossfire here. Yeah, he does. I, I just don't. I don't really blame Skyler here. Okay. At, at least to any significant degree, to where it would make me start to dislike her at all. Hmm. But you I did mean, dislike Skyler. Yeah, I disliked her from from the jump because yeah. she was antagonizing toward Walt. I think these are some of that's what I'm saying is like I think now, you know, after sober analysis, we can and we can talk about the whole thing and the length and breadth and all that of of, sure. of the character. I mean, there if you if you're looking for reasons to I not am. like Skylar. I am. Episode 1 gives you plenty of reason. Mm-hmm. Walt is the protagonist. We're rooting for him and she is clearly not in opposition on his to side. him. Yes. Totally. And she's nagging him, and she's worried about things that he's not worried about because he has bigger concerns. Like, there are plenty of reasons to not like Skylar other than this. Uh, There's a couple other things I'm going to touch on. Number one, or number two, also I feel like that there's a theme of Skylar robbing, trying to rob Walt of his agency. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, very, you know, and it's natural. Like, she's pushing him to... 
you know, seek treatment options, even when this seems like it's going to be terminal. And she's not, you know, she doesn't want to listen to his concerns about, you know, his wishes about how the family. And again, I'm not even saying she's yeah. wrong, but it, there's this theme that develops from the pilot on where Skylar tries to, again, take take Walt's agency away from him and, and when he tells things and where he tells things and make him do things he's not comfortable with that I feel is something that is a turnoff to the, to the average viewer as well. Definitely. When in this scene where they're talking, Junior's crying in his bedroom and rocking out to some probably emo bullshit, I don't know. When Hank said, hey, look, man, whatever happens, I'll always take care of your family. Yeah. In retrospect, the wrong thing to say to Walt. In fact, do, didn't you get a little bit of darkness, like a little bit of anger to, yeah. before it finally came He's around? He's offended by that comment. Certainly. He is. Like, fuck you. you I don't need anyone that's, to take care of yeah, my that's family. that's not your place. I'll, I'll take care of my family. Yeah. Uh, definitely what, I get a hint of that people. And again, it's like everyone's trying to be well-meaning and saying the things that the average mm-hmm. person wants to say, but Walter does not respond like the average person would. And which is why you sure. got the show breaking bad instead of, uh, high school chemistry teacher dies of cancer. It's very sad <laughs> on this. On the, the other hand, I can definitely see regular people, not just Walt acting like that. Right. Yeah, no, I mean... There are a lot of people, and rightly so, who take pride in providing for their family. It's not just a man thing, too. It's a woman. I mean, sure. there's a lot of people that have intense pride about... And, and cancer attacks all that stuff. You know, your body's uh, autonomy and its integrity and its boundaries. You're being your invaded abilities. from the inside yeah. out, and now yeah. you're kind of in a position to be pitied. And this is something that just push. If you're a prideful person that, that, that wants control in all aspects of life, this has got to push every one of those button buttons. Sure. Yeah. And, and he doesn't want to relinquish that control, I think to uh, over to Hank. Yeah. So though, what did you make of the Skylar blaming it all in the lab? Yeah. Not having a hood 20 years ago. So spoiler alert, that doesn't fucking go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, so don't worry about that. But like, this isn't going to lead to, uh, a lawsuit on a company that's going to provide the money for <laughs> Skyler's financial needs after he's dead. Mm-mm. None of that shit. However, it is odd that a man who's never smoked a cigarette in his life yeah, yeah, and yet made his bones working around chemicals does have lung cancer. Sure. Is that just – I mean it does happen just spontaneously. Yeah. Uh, but I, I thought that was odd and something that maybe also uh, is it, – it, these things that stoke the uh, universes against me and I've got to lash out and do these things and, and Walt Hart, that's got to be chief among them too. Uh, wh- the fact that he's got mean? lung cancer after, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't really drink. Oh, he doesn't really I, smoke. I see. He's going to be a little bitter about yeah. like, at the world, at, at the yeah. universe. Like I'm not the Marlboro man here. Like I did everything right and you're I'm, still I'm, punishing I'm doing me. the stepper sizer th- Thing at six o'clock in the morning in my kid's room. What more do you want? <laughs> yeah, life. On. You know how much money I spent on this thing? <laughs> hunk of plastic. Uh, yeah, let's move on to Skyler's Jesse. hand job span- spontaneously gave him lung cancer. It was <laughs> so bad and awful. <laughs> uh, so Jesse's hanging out with his friends, Combo and Skinny Pete. I, do we know their names at this point? I don't know, but that's but who they are. I remember being shocked at how early they. It's came in okay yeah yeah he, yeah it's like that's the other thing it's like getting introduced to jesse's real life at this point not be, his life just with walt to be honest season one and two has always kind of ran together for me and, and to a lesser extent season three because those are like before podcasts they were b 
BPC, yeah. I you know, and 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 I can tell you all the events that happened, but I'm not sure I could say which season what. I was kind of surprised that they had these guys established in the short strike shortened season one. I kind of thought that they might have been season two players, so it was kind of a pleasant surprise to see them. Yeah, no, they're in there. Gotta love Early. bag chasers, man. I think they're slick about, <laughs> you know, uh, what I was thinking uh, kind of slipped my mind there for a minute, but uh, you know it would be cool if we were sitting around in this drum circle doing smoking meth. And then Skinny P's like, yeah, yeah man, yeah. now that you mention it, a little meth would be. Yeah, meth was the furthest thing from my mind. But, but now that you mention it, uh, <laughs> you know, have you cooked any? It's like there's uh-huh. – it's this tweaker culture is hilarious sure. and sad. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't get the impression from this that they are not his friends necessarily. No, like I still think that they are, but close. But it's not. But on the other hand, but Jess, they're not above trying to get a bag out of their friend. No, here's here's the thing though, because they're the friends. They need a fix. But Jesse not having Crystal uh, and not being or being willing to share was enough for them to be like, "Fuck this or bounce." Yeah, so that could be part. Partly they're, they're, because they're, they're going offended to go, by him. Oh, that's like, true. Not being, offering and, and, and he not was also, sharing. They also think that he was judgmental because he's like, you know, I was yeah. thinking about health-wise, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so what do you think about that? What's going through Jesse's head here? Is it... Walt. That, is it that he doesn't want them to still know he's cooking? He doesn't want them to know who he's cooking with? He doesn't want... He just I, literally doesn't want to smoke up. I feel like but the combination of Walt saying you shouldn't do this and uh, the fact that all these things that have happened to him since his last cook have kind of it, – it's something that will put you off of meth. Okay. I could buy that. Yeah, You know, like Why having not? to dissolve a body and the fact that you've got a gaping bloody hole in your hallway now because uh, – and every time you walk through that, you imagine that and cleaning it up. That would put you off – that would be a moment of clarity. I As they so. say in a 12-step program, <laughs> you know? Sure. The acid leaking through your ceiling with guts right. spilling down. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move on to another Jesse scene where he's been up all night smoking and looking out the window. And he is super paranoid. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, those little ladies power walking, man. They could those they got their weights in their hand. They could right? do a number on you. Like brass fucking knuckles. Well, who knows what Jesse saw in those <laughs> women because what he sees next is insane. He sees a bunch of menacing looking biker guys coming up to his door with grenades in mm-hmm. hand and chains and they're coming to kill him mm-hmm. as far as he's concerned. And he makes a break for it. He sure. heads out the back door. He goes over a wall. He's out. Sure. Uh, and, and I think we see at the end of this scene that they were Mormons. Sure. Like li- literally they were just putting a, tracked in his door also rookie move taping a track to the door that's the kind of shit to get your congregation as, as someone who's banged on a lot of doors in the summer sure. pushing yeah. bible-based literature that's kind of shit to get your congregation called and someone irate oh, i got to clean off a, you got you got to fold it up and stick it in the crack of the door sure or, or roll it up and stick it between the doorknob and the door itself yeah or like yeah. you know just you gotta be classy come on, about come it on. you can't put shit on someone's property what are you doing have these people even put a brochure <laughs> in a door before <laughs> Uh, so unrealistic. <laughs> so fucking unrealistic. So, at this point... Raise your game, Mormon. Jesse's super paranoid. He's wondering what's going on. Does he even know what happened with Crazy 8? He hasn't talked to Walt since the end of last episode. You're right. right. And they were going to... Uh, 
that's a good question. Does he know if he's alive or dead? You might that might be fueling his paranoia. The fact that that's he doesn't really know, and maybe maybe Walt cracked and just let Crazy Eight go, and there's going to be blowback. Yeah. Interestingly, this paranoia is kind of a mirror image of Walt's. Walt fucking losing his shit that a, a police officer is behind him with his lights on. Oh yeah, that is yeah. a completely irrational reaction to have. Yeah, that's true. That happens in a few scenes here. And he doesn't even fueled by meth. So I feel like that they're both – this is you know, a huge, cash. huge, cash huge step, step in paranoia for, for Walt because you know he's never done anything criminal. But even Jesse, you feel like this yeah. is a step up from your just you know, cooking with your friend and fucking around. Now you've killed people. Yeah, Jesse's used to a certain level of paranoia in sure. his life. Walt has never even had a taste of it. I wonder if you're uh, if you're tweaking if your visual hallucinations are that strong. I don't know. Never done meth. I've never done, and that's one of my not once. There's yeah. a couple drugs I've got that just not even once. Uh, Tylenol, uh, especially chewable. That stuff. You know, oh, that'll that, fuck that, you up. That'll put man. you on a path to damnation. It's meth, a gateway drug, really. Heroin. You just don't want to mess with. PCP, huffing paint. I could I could run it. Sure. Propane. Uh, so next scene, Walt's dressing his stab wound from last episode where he uh, snuffed out Crazy 8. And he's doing it quietly in the bathroom so mm-hmm. as not to alert Skylar. Sure. You had you had a question while we were watching this scene. Uh, the, how does Skylar not know about this? Yeah. Is Walt sleeping with sweatpants on now? Uh, probably, yeah. I mean, it's just... The, the, and she's the, like, well, you're not sleeping in your tidy whities Yeah, I mean, the mechanics of getting... Like, sleeping with someone while having a gaping wound on your leg that has, like, a six-by-six-inch dressing on it... Sure. Just, if it's I'm not going to fly. Situation, maybe... So, you stand close to the bed where she can't see the bottom of your leg. You slide in kind of <laughs> under the covers, like... But Skylar's naturally suspicious too. Like she's very, yeah, yeah. She's very aware of deviations from the norms. So I just like another minor plot hole is how in the hell does he hide this throughout its 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 long healing process? I think he decided, okay, I'm going to sleep completely naked now. Ditch the tidy whities, and she was so, so thrown off by that that she didn't even notice the leg. Could be. Like I said, he could just be, uh, you know, joined a never nude cult. Got to, and he's got to wear sweatpants yep. at all times. Yep, showered in sweatpants. Uh, I I was questioning in this scene another scene where Walt is out of his pants. Mm-hmm. The ratio of time screen time spent in and out of his pants. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty close. It's Lopsided, almost one to one, I think. Yeah, I mean it's it's right up there with McConaughey shirt on shirt off as far as percentages. <laughs> Definitely. So Skyler sets up an appointment with the best oncologist in the country. Well, the top ten, Marie came through for him. Yeah, thanks to Marie. Uh, Walt and her kind of talk about the cost of it, and there are some suggestions about what he could do, including going to Hank or his mother, uh, both of which he is completely against. Yeah, $5,000 so retainer just to talk to the guy. Yeah. No, no joke. That is expensive, and that is a good portion we see of the money that he got from Crazy Eight last episode. Sure, um, and he says he's going to explain away by borrowing it from his pension, which is reasonable. That's something that people sure. can do. Yeah, uh, but you got you got to assume that Skyler has access to all the financial records and is keeping very close watch 
as we saw in episode one. One would assume. She's worried about copier paper on a credit card that they don't use. One one would assume. But she's willing to spend uh, whatever is necessary to keep Walt alive. Yeah. Which I think is interesting how, because she's going with everything's going to work out if we do this, Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting Walt's comeback to that is like, well, what if you don't? Yeah. What if you spend every last penny we have and your future and then I end up dying anyway? Then what? Then you're left with all this debt. And that's something Walt refuses to leave his family with. Welcome to 21st century America. Sure. Where he, he'd rather die than pursue a, a treatment that might uh, save you because yeah, yeah. it's too expensive. Sure. Uh, you really start to see Walt's pride becoming a factor in here, right? I mean, sure. Hank has all but offered to pay for Well, take his care of his family anyway. After sure. After the fact. Uh, but, uh, but Walt just will not go that route. Walt won't let Hank support them. Walt won't let his mother intervene. Uh, we get maybe a hint of some problems with his mother. Right. But uh, Between Walt and his mother at this point. Uh, I, I don't know. We'll see where all of that goes. I bet Walt's mom is a real piece of work. Probably. Yeah. Because no one, no one arrives the way they do in a vacuum. Yeah. I wonder how much... Like, so we see two different Walts in last episode, right? Mm. We see the Walt who is teaching, the Walt who is engaged and interested in his work, and then we see the kind of downtrodden current Walt. Sure. What happened along the line to get him there? Is it Skylar's fault? Is it his mother's fault? Like, did the stuff with his mother happen after he kind of became a super successful is it completely just the the Gretchen situation? Like, it's interesting because you can't control what happens to you in life. You can only control how you react to it. Sure. You know, there's no reason that whatever setbacks a Walt experiences in his life and to whatever extent we – I'm trying to be very non-spoiler about this. To what extent yeah. do we explore those? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can always still maintain a positive attitude no matter – and in fact, I would recommend that no matter what happens to you in life. Sure. Because if you don't, you run the risk of becoming someone like Walter White. Where and exacerbating the problem. Exactly. Honestly. Exactly. So, um, you know, there's everybody licks their wounds. Everybody feels sorry for themselves from time to time. But how Walt went from the guy, confident, almost suave chemistry lecturer who's macking on uh, the, the, the pretty nerdy girl in chemistry class to... Uh, to the high school teacher. The high school teacher (laughs) who is getting bullied by a fucking meathead jock. Yeah. You know, and has intense rage issues that we see surface uh, in this episode as well. Mm -hmm. I know that's, that a lot is is his choice of how to react that that led him to this position. Absolutely. Um, And you can also see in this scene the issue of money gradually coming back into focus. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's a lot of discussion about the money this time. We go to the next scene where Walt's getting money out of the vents for the deposit on the, the the meeting with the oncologist. And then Junior comes in and he yells at him for not taking his car- cancer seriously. Sure. And acting like nothing's going on. A uh, couple of good moments in this scene, one of them being uh, the, the moment with Junior. I think this is taking an interesting toll on Walt Jr., uh, an, an interesting emotional toll, and the, the specifically the way that his father is reacting to it is, yeah, is I mean, an issue for him. It's rough being a teenager. We, we see it later in the episode in more in more stark terms, but 
here is where we really get the glimpse. Sure. I mean, it's it's rough being a teenager. Mm-hmm. It's It's got to be rough being a teenager with a disability, a visible disability. I mean, we got a small taste of that in the clothing store, what he sure. probably goes through at school on a, on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. That plus your dad dying, plus your dad pretending like everything's okay. I mean – teenagers want to rage against their parents even in the best of situations, but that must be especially maddening. Sure. That you've got this out-of-touch dad, and it's not just about pop culture music. It's about his own fucking mortality and Mm -hmm. how that's going to affect you. And, you know, it must be weird to be more bummed out than the person dying. Like, that that somehow tells you that your grief is wrong subconsciously. Okay. So yeah, I, I feel like I totally get what the vibe he's putting down in this frustration. It, it also feels like Junior has had a lot of shit to deal with in his life. Yeah, of course. with his disability. To see his father not want to fight back and not want to overcome this, but just to give in to it, yeah. has got to be offensive on a very core level for him and you wonder like the stuff that he's you know I, we saw or hank was you know hank is very defensive about him like you know this kid's a quarterback and he's a stud yeah, yeah. and you're going to pull down all this trim and you're such a good looking guy and you wonder what his mom and his dad has told him about you can't give up and you got to keep trying the didn't see yeah. the do what i say not you know, not what i do I, that might also be another level of uh frustration absolutely uh, and then the the other moment I liked in this is when Walt sees the the Tampico yeah, and he remembers you know Crazy Eight yeah the ghost of Crazy Eight past <laughs> yep uh, then we get the scene where Walt's driving down the road and the cops are behind him and he kind of hides the money and pulls over but the cop goes right by him five zero I think we talked enough about that uh, when he gets to the bank there's a guy in a red BMW stealing mm-hmm. his spot in the parking lot in the most asshole way possible yeah i mean that's total asshole move yep uh it's kind of like when you get cut off by somebody and then you know you're then they flip you off (laughs) yeah yeah uh this i think the the only thing worse is if someone cuts you off and then they're just talking on a a bluetooth and completely oblivious to anyone but themselves and you can see how that is just fucking eating at walt like he's almost going into this uh rage state just focusing on he doesn't even uh respond the first few times the lady's like yes please next and he's just this guy is an animal this guy <laughs> yeah, yeah. is talking loudly this complete su- super fucking rude number one number two he is talking about this this one teller like she's a piece of meat and then yep. also saying oh she's a surprise skank and you know she's uh, it, oh i I would say that this person doesn't exist in a real world, world except for I've seen them three or four times. Sure, they do exist. Yeah. Uh, and that's why it it has such a, a visceral connection with people. And right? this is why why people like Walter White, because yes. Walter White is the fantasy that if you had nothing to lose <laughs> yep. and you'd have to worry about the repercussions to fucking deal, to, to bring this person's world down. No, yeah. you didn't win today, Ken. Not Ken, you kind of lost today. It feels like justice. It really does. Yes. That's why Batman is so fucking cool. Yeah. He never is wrong. He brutalizes people that deserves it. Yep. And (laughs) brings the justice in the world. Walt is a a tidy whitey wearing Batman. (laughs) He he doesn't wear his underwear on the outside. That's just all he's wearing. His super... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> His superpower is dying of cancer and no. not giving a fuck. Oh, God. 
And chemistry. Come on. And chemistry. Well, Batman's smart. That's true. Who is the better chemist, Batman or Walter White? Uh, Batman has synthesized kryptonite. So until mm. I see until I see Walter doing that, I have to give uh, give give the edge to Batman. But Walter right. kills people just barely. Walter also yeah, is yeah. willing to kill people to get in his way. That's a handicap that Batman has. <laughs> That's true. Also, Batman can't grow corn. I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> but which is a statement I agree with 100%. By the way. All right. If There's like yeah. 99.99% of our audience have no fucking clue what we're talking about. Yep. And I'm cool with that. All right. Uh, it's somewhere in our archive. Go find it. Uh, so a family's having dinner when Jesse breaks into their backyard. We don't know it at the time while we're watching this dinner, but uh, it's Jesse's parents. It's Jesse's family, his brother, uh, his parents. And he busts into the backyard, gets stuck in the patio furniture. <laughs> And then goes into his old room and he falls asleep. I I like how they they use the dialogue here in a very economic fashion. Where Jesse's like, oh, so you guys got some new furniture. Mm-hmm. That tells us the furniture was not there. He was not expecting. He's not just a complete klutz. It was dark. Yeah, he walks into the furniture that didn't used to be there. He's coming down off a of meth high. Yeah, yeah. Also, this family is so Stepford. Uh-huh. The kid's wearing a sweater vest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this family is buttoned down so tight. You wonder how you start to think how your first impression is how did Jesse come from this? And by the end of the episode, you're thinking, oh, this is how Jesse came from this. Yeah. So it's interesting. Is this uh, is this the reason Jesse is the way he is or is this a reaction to Jesse being the way he is with this family? Do they do they button down their son who we find out later in the episode is smoking weed? Uh, to that point, because they're afraid he's going to turn into Jesse. All right, let's put. A, or let's, does Jesse turn into that because they are that way? Let's put a pin on this and wait till that point in the episode to talk about it because okay. I, I think it's interesting and I got a lot to say about it. But the All time right. is not yet right, my friend. Cool. Um, it, it's also interesting to know here that Jesse is looking for a safe place at this point, right? Right, because he's, he's paranoid as fuck. He just thinks people try to attack him. He's looking for somewhere safe, and you can see that when he lays down on the bed, he. He looks through his room. He's very confident that this is a safe place for him to be. Yeah. And we see a lot of other subtle things like Jesse is an artist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but also kind of disturbed artist. He's got a picture of him running over an old man wearing tidy whities uh, uh-huh. in a giant monster truck with spike tires. Anything to do with Walt there? Uh, the I mean, the tidy whities has got to be, you know, and, if, and in fact that he exaggerates how old Walt is. Uh-huh. I think there's a little bit of wink to the audience there. And the uh, Hindenburg. Oh, the humanity. Interesting thing for a kid to draw. Uh, any connection to Heisenberg? Hindenburg? I, Heisenberg? I don't know. I don't know. Starts with H, ends with the Berg. It does. Pretty con- fucking conclusive. Uh, we're, then, we're then treated to the very first sped up time lapse photography yeah yeah i cannot pronounce the Ko- name of the film koyanis katsi koyanis katsi <laughs> uh is widely see- cited as the um motivation or the inspiration for these types of films and that's a film that that was subtitled a life out of balance yeah and i feel like that this is one of the visual shorthands that that Breaking Bad uses to show 
you know, kind of things accelerating out of man's control and mm-hmm. things uh, conspiring against your plans and your wishes into a way that you can. Because that's a theme of Breaking Bad. Uh, someone trying to put a finger in the hole in the dike and leak spring in two other places. Yeah. So in this case, Jesse is trying to find a safe place. For all we know, he's done with cooking meth. Mm-hmm. He wants out of the game. He wants to get sober, but events out of his control are going to conspire against him. Starting, uh, you know, w- with his with his sure. family because they're already yeah, saying with this maid who finds the the joint, right? Yeah, but it even starts before that, like the family debating, like how are we going to handle him this time? Sure, that's what they do in this scene. You had an interesting because because Jesse comes down and says wins dinner. He goes starts setting the table. Mm-hmm. I thought we're supposed to, when because his family goes and looks at him. I thought they were decided against laying down the law because they kind of squinted can see their little boy that he's going about the routine. He was sure. probably it was his job to set the table before he was kicked out, and he's doing it. And they're like, oh, you know, we need to, you know, maybe we'll let him pass. Maybe we won't come, you know, bring out the heavy artillery yet. Mm. You thought that they were worried that he'd steal the silverware. I think it's both. I think really. you're right. I, I think, like, they want to trust him, and he's doing such a mundane, like, nice thing for them that they want to give him the benefit of the doubt. But at the same time, like, there's a tweaker in our dining room Handling our you wonder this, what the circumstances of his first uh, exile from the family. You do, yeah. Did he get? Did he move out and said this is bullshit? I quit. Did was he kicked out? Was a little bit of both. I feel like he was kicked out. It seems like this is his second chance. You know, um, or, or they're they're debating whether even to give him a second chance. Sure, sure. Uh, and, and I th- yeah, I just thought they were kind of observing him for both reasons. Okay, like just a little wary. Fair point. So we go back to the classroom, uh, uh, Walt's classroom after school. Junior's waiting for him to grade papers. Uh, he tells Junior that things have a way of working themselves out to explain why he's not worried about his cancer. He kind of addresses that, the point that Junior brought up. Does Walt? Does Walt want to die? Does does his liberation through his, his not giving a fuck about cancer is that something that he? Because uh, I don't think Walt believes that their things have a way of working themselves out. He has to control. He has to make things do that, or they're not going to happen. I think that's what he really believes. Yeah, he's just placating his son. He's, okay, that's all he's doing in this scene. Um, does he find that death is liberating? Though I wonder. Could be. Could be. On the other hand, I mean, obviously, he has mixed feelings. We saw the emotions go through him when he realized his daughter and that he wouldn't be there and all that. Yeah. But you know, he's a complex, rich character. Yeah, I don't think like pinning these characters down into one train of thought is a good idea. I yeah, think there no, are, true, true, true. There's enough nuance in these characters that we have to consider all those angles. Mm. Uh, then we go to Jesse hanging out with his little brother in his room, and his mom comes in to check up on him, make sure Jesse's not corrupting her innocent child. Uh, I, I I just thought that was funny. Yeah, they come in, the door's closed, and Jesse, he is. He's not doing the damn thing, except for the whole, like, uh, hey, we should hang out more often, and you, not everything you <laughs> not learn is through books. comes out of books, yeah. Again, I feel like Jesse is, he's kind of done with the meth thing. He realizes that he needs to get out of it. Uh, he wants to engage more with his little brother. Mom comes in, hey, how are you guys doing? I'm going to leave the door open conspicuously. Yeah, yeah. So shit doesn't our, happen. Our good, our good son corrupted by our bad son. 
Yeah. Hey, what did you make of the fact that the little brother was in disbelief that Jesse thought he was the favorite son? It's like, me, you're the one they practically ever talk about. Yeah, no, I, I can I can understand both perspectives there because Jesse sees uh, how much care they've taken to make his little brother into the person that he is. So he assumes that that is what they're most concerned with, whereas the little brother says, look, they kind of just leave me alone and they talk about you all the time. Sure. Uh, I think, you know, it just shows the different perspective that both of these kids have. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, are we ready for the next scene? Cause I got some things I want to talk about there too. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's sleeping. Uh, Jesse's going through his old toys and his drawings and stuff. And then he sees some homework that Mr. White graded. Yeah. I mean, we you see initial pride at these, uh, comic book type images that he's drawing. It seems like he's got some talent. Sure. Then, uh, you know, he's got this F minus minus ridiculous apply yourself. Well, before that, he's got Mr. White with a beaker up his ass. ass, Yeah. No wonder the guy (laughs) likes chemistry so much. But yeah, then he gets uh, the F minus 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 apply yourself. Got that flat bottom flask sunk way up in that rectal passage. Um, Sure. Do you think that part of Jesse's problem is that this family does not, did not see. So Jake. His brother is very intellectually inclined. You know, he's a mathlete. He's got these environmental conscious awards from proposing a better way to recycle newspaper to the to the community at large. Mm-hmm. Jesse seems to be more artistic. Do you think that part of the problem is that uh, his family didn't see that? You know, obviously Jesse was not a great student. You know, in the traditional sure. sense with chemistry, though I I fucking found chemistry very hard in high school. Even being okay. mathematically inclined, just didn't get it. Um, do you think that that's part of the problem is that they undervalued his artistic ability and overvalued intellectual? I could see that. I would really like to know what his parents do. Mm. Like, what is their background? They're very, they're very uh, Ward and June Cleaver. I mean, sure. they dress consider- like, they they dress like yeah, fucking. Yeah. In, you know, press chinos and button-down shirts. And it tells sh- you they're like toe-the-line sort of people, not yeah, not the artistic, uh, inclinated type of people. <laughs> yeah, they shot from the J.C. Penney catalog for sure. Yeah, uh, so you could be right about that. I hadn't even considered that maybe they just don't get an artist, mm-hmm. and that's what Jesse is. And, and I mean, that's int- what he calls Mister White, like. Yeah, right. Like, right. He's, you, you're an artist. He's got that, and he also doesn't. This is art. Yes, art. Not it's not just science. So he's kind of anti-intellectual a little bit, and I wonder if this has bit their parents in the ass because now they're obsessed with what went wrong with this other son. Yeah, and and it's it's having the active effect where this other kid that is inclined, they are not paying as much attention because they're consumed with kind of grief and paranoia and worry that he's going to turn out like Jesse. Yeah, no, I think there is a very rich backstory here that they're exploring with Jesse. Yeah. Uh, that's super interesting. I, I mean, yes, the episode slows down as far as action, but I don't it's think got it's to. worse. It's got I, to. You I don't need. think it's bad or, yeah, yeah. or even any less good than yeah. the other three. You need to start giving uh, Marie and Hank third dimension. You need to start yeah. bringing Jesse out of just comic relief. Yo, bitch homo hitler you know he's got to have sure. something something more so and you got to slow down to get that stuff yeah i don't i don't want to dwell too much on this but the the idea that mr white saw that he was capable of 
of better things and just said apply yourself is interesting in that kind of artist versus scientist way as well because that seems like what walt is expecting out of everyone mm. they're expecting them to be as as analytical and and logical as he is whereas jesse might just be an artist and applying yourself to something that you're not interested in is not an option mm-hmm. so maybe mr white just doesn't understand jesse the way that he needs to be understood as well yeah good point uh anyway jesse gets a call from combo and he's looking for crystal uh crystal Meth, not anybody named crystal yeah, yeah high and crystal for that that sweet sweet crystal uh jesse doesn't have any but the next morning, he shows up at Walt's house looking to debrief. No, no, no. He did. He sold the rest of that bag because he had oh, that yeah, big yeah. old no, fucking he, quart he bag of. But that's it. It's gone. That's right. The one that went in the toilet last episode. Yeah. Uh, so the ninety nine point one percent pure. Another point nine is toilet water. <laughs> uh, so he shows up at Walt's house the next morning looking for uh, a debriefing and suggests that they cook again. And Walt's like, "No, no, get out of here. I never want to see you again." And Jesse says, well, I came by to also give you your money. And he throws it up in the air. He makes it rain yeah. <laughs> right into Walt's pool. I, I just like the reaction from Walt here. Yeah. It's such a pathetic reaction. Like, he's not angry at the guy. He's just like, well, this happened. i got to clean my pool yeah. out. Yeah. No. money out of my pool. Right. Get my fucking... He grabs his net. It's so impotent. It's just... Yeah. It's Walt to a T. And another another paranoia. He's like completely, are you wearing a wire? I mean, this is like the next fucking day, man. The cops did not descend. (laughs) And and Jesse's like, yeah, speaking to the wire, bitch, grabs his junk. (laughs) Great line. So great. Uh, So Walt doesn't want to cook, but there's the money. 4K. Almost single-handedly paid his retainer on one batch. On, on an one afternoon's batch. worth of work. An afternoon's worth of work. Not bad. Yeah. Uh, so, again, the money coming into the forefront. Uh, Walt then meets with the oncologist, and they dis- Walt and Skyler, I think. Um, they discuss what's going to happen, um, what they need to do. They need to go do some chemotherapy and what, what it's going to be like under chemotherapy. And then Walt zones out. He's got that ring in his ears again. He's completely zoned out, and he's just overwhelmed by... The circumstances. Yeah, and the guy makes it, you know, because Skylar is a little bit too Pollyanna sunshine. She's like, oh, so this is, you know, this is something that's curable. And he's like, treatable. Yeah, yeah. Best unconscious world is is, uh, is is saying that. Sure. Doesn't want to give him too much hope. Sure, sure. I think that's smart. Uh, so while the maid is cleaning out Jesse's room, she finds a joint. Jesse's parents uh, confront him in the kitchen about it and tell him to leave. Uh, just assuming that it's Jesse's, and then outside, uh, when Jesse's leaving, his brother comes out and asks to have his joint back, and we see that it's not Jesse's joint, it's not his fault. And he knew it, and he took the fall for it anyway. It, that's the thing. There are so many layers in this his scene. Brother. One is the parents being angry that this is a repeat of the stuff that's happened in their past, apparently. Um, Which and, it is. And that Jesse grabs the joint on the way out this has this has two different perceptions sure, sure. two different points of view his parents viewing it as oh my god this fucking junkie is taking his drugs over his family again right right the other perspective is jesse's where i know this is my little brother's and i don't want him smoking weed so i'm i'm protecting him yeah and that's 
that's kind of heartbreaking. The, no, the, no. The fact that he just won't tell his parents, like, he, he, he won't rat out his brother. So he takes the fall. He lets his parents assume the worst things about him to protect his little brother. That's rough. Kind of wrongheaded, though. Uh, number one, I, I think that part of it is also is he knows yeah. that it's no use. There's no way they're going to – if he says, oh, that's, that's, that's not, not mine, it's going to be whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because if you really want to protect his brother – I feel like when your older brother comes out there and like grinds it underneath his heel and says, "Hey, it's skunkweed anyway," that just tells me it's like, "Oh yeah, I need to get better weed." Yeah, if you're gonna smoke, smoke the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, blow some dro, bro, and get back with me. <laughs> you need some scante. <laughs> um, but no, I. But yeah, definitely, there's a little bit. And also, how does Jesse know? How does Jesse know what's the thing? That's as a big brother. You're a big brother yourself. Sometimes you just don't know. When, don't know what. When your brother gets into some shit, or okay. any family gets into shit, where where's the line to draw between being, you know, uh, a fascist parent, narco dick, sure. and being cool and re? Because you know that is the brother role, right? Right. Like that's the brother role in a nutshell. You got to be as, as the not older... your parents, but not your brother's douchey friend who doesn't give a shit about yeah, it. Yeah, like like you've got to bridge the gap between the anti-drug ads that are made by 70-year-old white dudes that teenagers make fun of Yeah, yeah. and the reality that some of this shit is really bad. And that's uh-huh. one of the big problems I have with drug policy in the United States is like fucking all drugs are bad and they're all equally bad and they're all – no, no, they're not. And as soon yeah, as a yeah. teenager smokes a cigarette and is like, hey, I'm not dead, as soon as a, cig- as soon as a teenager smokes a joint and is like, this isn't bad – you fucking lied to them, so now what? Why sure. wouldn't they try heroin? Sure. Their friends the, love it. It looks amazing. The is artificial, right? Yeah, you fucking made it, dick. Yeah, you made the gateway, and now you're arresting people for the gateway. Uh, yeah. I'd, so, anyway. We can get into drug policy later in the, in the series, I'm sure. <laughs> I don't know what people's tolerance of it is, but I think that's, you know, one of my things I'm very passionate about is, and I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not a druggie. Mm-hmm. But I also think their war on drugs is insane. And I don't, I'm not the guy's like, hey, we should legalize weed. I like everything should be legalized because taking drugs is not a crime. Yeah. It, at, at worst, it's a, it's a disease that needs to be sure. treated. Why do we treat alcohol addiction as a disease, but not heroin addiction? Right. Now, we treat you, that as a crime. You fucking kill somebody operating a motor vehicle, then that's sure. a crime. That's a separate thing that yeah. needs to be treated as well. But. The fact that you take a substance and you, and if you call it abusing your own body, you, your punishment is you're a felon and you can't vote anymore and you're going to have a trial. It's just insane. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, I'm sure we'll get it to Watch it the wire if you, if, if, you're, if you don't <laughs> believe it. It'll, it'll make a believer out of you. Sure. So in the next scene, Skyler asks Walt to commit to treatment. He is concerned about the money. He says they don't have the $90,000 it's going to take to pay for it. And he says maybe treatment isn't the way to go. And yeah. when he says that, Walt Jr. says, why don't you just fucking die already? Just so, give up. This is where Walt Jr.'s anger comes to a head. And every one of these viewpoints has merit. Yep. Yep. All of them. Like, there's the whole sunk cost fallacy. I uh, am going to probably die of cancer. This is a bad thing for our family. What's yep. worse is me dying and leaving you all crippling debt. Sure. So that's a, that's a rational uh, point of view. Skyler, Especially after the doctor told you it's not curable, it's, it's treatable. treatable. And, and Skyler's <laughs> point of view of if what is money if you can't use it to 
Yeah. You know, what are we saving money for? Why do we have money? Why do we have credit if not to save our lives? And Junior's frustration of, well, if you're, you know, why don't you just fucking die if you're not going to take whatever choice, yeah, whatever slim hope you have. Mm-hmm. And, I think they're all valid viewpoints. It's and just... it's real. It's this is shit that families go through every day. I mean, minus the cooking meth part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is something that families go through every day. This this whole cost sure. benefit situation. Yeah, and I think it's super necessary to explore these things uh, at this moment, right? We, we If Walt gets a month out and he hasn't told his family about cancer, then it's just like Walt's an asshole completely. Yeah. No. You, you can understand the, the shock that he might have been going through and not wanting to tell his family for the first couple days. Yeah. Now, you know, it's come out and they've got to deal with it. Sure. I mean, it's I, – I don't – I think it would be a mistake not to bring his family into this – in a significant way. And I think that's also... And to just focus on the math. One thing that grabbed me is how completely, utterly heartless they are in their depiction of this. Like, mm-hmm. having your... Articulating a child saying to their parent, why don't you just fucking die already? Sure. Is brutal. But yeah. that's what's so great about this show is that it does not flinch away, you know, for as, as basic cable a show it can be from any of these questions. Sure. You want to talk pathos with your children. You want to talk about divisions between the husband and wife. You want to talk about surrogate father-son relationships and, you know, lines of ethics, morality. We will explore every single one of those two as far as they can go throughout yeah. the course of this this uh, series. Sure. No, they are not afraid to, uh, to really just hit you with some stuff. Um, I, I also think it's good thing that they didn't explore some of the other issues that they brought up in this episode a little bit more i don't think it's a spoiler to say that something didn't happen so to say that his mother doesn't become a real issue ever mm-hmm. like oh why don't you borrow from your mother well mother is not on great terms mm-hmm. that never goes anywhere mm-hmm. uh i think that's kind of smart the, the way that they went with the show and, and this is a case of you know uh looking back hindsight where you can say okay it was smart not to do that because they did all these other great things but they took kind of the most important elements the family walt's pride that sort of thing and dealt yeah. with those so and that's the the genius of the, of the villigan right tangent. that's the g- genius of villigan because i guarantee probably when they came back around after the strike season two probably in season three maybe in season four yeah. came this came up a writer in the room said, you know what? We have this dangling thread about Walt's mom. Maybe we do a one-off episode and explore that relationship. You need someone yeah. to vision and say, okay, and, and I'm sure as a group discussion, let's run with that. Is that, you know, what? how does this relate back to our core themes? Yeah, and about this man, Mr. Chips of Scarface and the effects on his family. Is this interesting? And you're right, you know, that they don't – Breaking Bad is a is a great example of one of those shows that does not have an episode to spare. I yeah. can't think of maybe more than a couple episodes where it was I can't think of any it's just pure filler. And sure. and the wires yeah. like that too, where every single fucking second and minute on the show is is vital to your experience of having it. And there's yeah. not just uh It's all world building. None of it is fluff yeah and that's part of that is the genius of the the limited you know you, you got seven to 13 episode seasons you don't have a 24 episode season where you indulge in you know fan servicey dead ends that don't go anywhere you don't have the fucking time 
So sure, and we've talked about you know the gardener versus the architect mm-hmm. idea. Um, it seems like when you get into the realm of deadlines and the realm of set amount of content in a season, the architect type of writer seems to break down a little bit. That That is much, much harder to pull off because now you have to set an end goal and get there in an X number of episodes. Whereas if you're a gardener, mm-hmm. you let these characters do what they're going to do and it takes... And, and we have X amount of episodes this season, so let's just write toward the end of the season. Like, hmm. what what happens the next episode? Well, what would these characters do? What circumstances are they in? You can let it grow gradually and naturally and organically versus, like, trying to hit an end goal. Yeah, I mean, I think that the both have their strengths and their weaknesses. Sure. I, I think, you know, architecting works better when you've got, like, in the novel setting... I'm not. I know. I honestly don't know because I. I feel like that would be an interesting discussion for maybe a bald move TV cast. Or like, yeah, maybe. What are the strengths of the gardener approach versus the architect? You know, the the big weakness of the gardener. Sometimes you go and ends up not being. You know, it, it you you build out you to just a don't limb get and anywhere. You, you paint yourself <laughs> in a corner and it's like oh fuck. Whereas the architect, sometimes you lay tracks and oh this part of the track isn't working. But we still got to get over here, so we're going to go. Yeah. And that even happens to Villigan. We talked about how sometimes in the middle of the season you have to go over a couple miles of bad road to get back to where you're going, or you have to go through a setup episode, or yeah, he kinda, something like this it where seems it slows like he took down. An approach where he had an end goal in mind for the season. I think maybe that's the strongest. It's you've got a a sketch of a you know a back of the envelope, a back of the napkin like an outline with the speech or something. You know, this is what the Eiffel Tower looks like. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, the actual engineering is more of a gardener approach. Hmm. So maybe he stumbled into uh, a winning nomination. Maybe so. Uh, Walt pulls over during a coughing fit in his car, and he happens to see Ken from the bank pull up. Ken wins, and he goes inside the gas station. So Walt, you know, does what you do and blows up his car. <laughs> yeah, you lose, Ken. <laughs> and he looks very pleased with himself at the end of this episode. Cool guys don't look back at explosions either. They don't. And uh, Walt is a cool guy. If what? Bruckheimer has taught me anything, that's it. <laughs> and Michael Bay, don't forget and Michael him. Michael Bay, yeah. Uh, I got to say that I love – look at Walt's posture in this episode and throughout the first season and compare it to some later seasons. Oh, yeah. It's almost like a miniature version of the evolution poster where you've got the <laughs> monkey slowly standing upright. I mean, uh-huh. this man – Especially in the scene I noticed with him and Jesse at the pool. pool, He's got a full body aggressive slouch. Mm -hmm. And even this, he's kind of slouching and shuffling away from the explosion. Hmm. Um, I just love it. He's invigorated by it. Yeah. yeah, In the end, he's like, this is what I meant to do This day, Ken, you do not win. Yeah. No, Ken lost that day. Who did it better? Uh, Curb your enthusiasm. Who had the better take on Bluetooth assholes? Curb Your Enthusiasm or Breaking Bad? So describe the Curb Your Enthusiasm one a little bit. So Larry, uh, shit, what's his name? David? Larry David, yeah. Larry David sitting there beside one of these assholes in a cafe, and he's talking loudly. And Larry David's like, I'm just going to have an imaginary conversation that's just as loud. And now that's it's responding to the conversation he's having yeah, and, and on his that, Obviously, that doesn't work because if someone's talking in your ear super loud, you can't pay attention to both conversations. The guy's like, do you mind? And Larry's like, no, <laughs> actually, I don't. Keeps on fucking with him. I do mind. Yeah. 
Yeah, and won't back down. It's it's mm. kind of awesome versus Walt, who blows up the guy's car. Yeah, I think it's funny because Larry David is kind of in a similar situation. Like, sure, I'm super super millionaire, got tons of money. Don't give a fuck what people think about yeah. me. Yeah, he's got so, fuck you money versus I'm yeah. dying. Fuck you. But yeah, sure, yeah. sure, sure. So what does he care about this douchebag who doesn't like him? I mean, Ken lose his, his car burns down, but he doesn't understand why. So is, yeah, is it better good, that good you point. you you get you get a karmic kick in the balls, but you don't understand why, versus a minor annoyance, but it brings you have to accept the fact of your asshole behavior and how annoying I it is. I feel like people who do that shit are impervious. Realize that that's why it happened to them, even when the person tells them that that's why. But it Larry David's being the asshole. Yes, he whereas would see Ken, himself is justified. Ken's little toy got burnt to the ground, and that is a. You know, that is a blow to him, regardless. Okay. I, yeah, yeah. I just feel like those kind of people wouldn't get the point right. of Larry David's breakdown. Sure. But, Where, whereas they also don't get the point of Waltz, but they get hurt by it. Uh, so let's talk about his. Um, you know, let's do a little moral barometer. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, this is the first time that he's acted, uh, lashed out at someone for a purely optional reason oh, like he's in full heisenberg mode he, he, he is heisenberg right now he, <laughs> at this point in the car heisenberg is there <laughs> he wasn't protecting his child he no, wasn't protecting no. his own life this was yep. a minor annoyance and a guy being an asshole uh and he just decided i can teach him a lesson and i will do so yeah yeah this is a moment that is a change in walter white an elective aggression mm-hmm Okay. All right. I just want to see if you're you're with I me on that. I think this is more. So it's hard to say that he's further along the path toward Heisenberg at this point. But it's um, a per- versus killing Crazy Eight. I think you know the idea of getting used to murder is one thing. The idea of doing things unprovoked is another. I think the murder thing is more significant. But they're two great tastes that taste great together. They are. They are. They're they're pieces of a whole coming together. They're two different axes. Stuff that you're forced yeah. into versus elective, which arguably, you know, cooking meth is already it, baseline elective. Of it, and right? it's a like, you know, that's what started it all. So all of this is elective, right? Sure. But this is elective evil versus evil you're forced into versus mm-hmm. the degree of the evil. Yes. All right. So cool. I think they're they're different but uh, similar in scope. All right. Um, definitely some more stuff we'll talk about in the spoiler section. Uh, yeah. I got some, uh, some feedback. Uh, also, we got a little pimping to do. Let's do it. If you like to support us here at Bald Move, if you like what we're doing, if you like our Bald, uh, Breaking Bad podcast and all the other ones we do, we just wrapped up uh, a abomination of a true blood finale series finale oh you uh, described it to me it sounded terrible it makes it make it made my ears bleed like i'd stayed up during the day if i was a vampire uh if you <laughs> like our or we got orange new black coverage we got the following which is a fantastic series jim and i are really digging we have what i've never heard of i'm the sorry the leftovers <laughs> we're following the leftovers we are uh, in fact we got a really cool opportunity uh the people from hbo's uh, social media department or digging what we're doing they invited us to do a special one-off 20 minute or so podcast next week that they're going to post on uh, following the leftovers or watching the leftovers rather on their social media sites 
um, kind of in a little of official capacity for them. We're super excited. Massive HBO fanboys. Yeah, totally. If you like it, it, and you can get all this at baldmove.com and it's all free. It always will be. But if you want to support us, there's a couple ways you can do so. Help us pay the bills at subbable.com slash baldmove. You can go there and find out all the different ways you can support us and what you can get in return aside from our podcast. You can go to amazon.baldmove.com. If you're shopping on Amazon anyway, it's a great way to support us. And it doesn't matter if you're if you're doing a big ticket item, if you're if you're buying razor blades or shampoo, it all helps us in different ways. Um, and uh, it's also, you know, people think that, oh, you know, how is this possible to help? It's a third of our operating income, basically, our affiliate stuff from Amazon. So don't think it doesn't help. It does. And if you can't do any of that, we understand it's cool. But could you share? Could you share with your friends and family the uh, Bald Move experience? Tell them about us. Share our posts and stuff on social media. Rate and review us on iTunes or subscribe to us. A great way to uh, uh, help our searchability, uh, how often we're in front of people's eyeballs, which helps us grow the network. So everyone that out there that is listening and that uh, helps support us, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Let's now get into some feedback. Ben, this is uh, a couple of old takes, or actually uh, one old take from Ben R. I liked it enough that I uh, exhumed it for this th- this podcast. Okay. He said, I have a different take on Walt's discovery of the plates when he was saying, uh, why are you doing this to me? We, I asked you, who is he talking to? You know, why, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? At this point, we saw Walt identify himself as a man with Judeo-Christian values. Therefore, I took his self-talk as him talking to God. Without spoiling anything, there's a scene in the final episode where he talks to himself again, and he described it as prayer. What do you Ju- think about – Why Why do we – did I miss this in the episode? Why do we know that – Oh, because on his pro and con list, he said Jude- and one of the things is Judeo-Christian oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. principles. Okay, cool. So apparently he's a believer? I, I guess so, yeah. Um, why not? So – what do you think of that? That he's actually asking God, like in a Job, speaking of following the leftovers, in a Job-like capacity, why are you doing this to me? I'm trying to do the right thing, and you're fucking me, old man. We, did, we didn't bring that up at No, all. we did not. I we not mentioned we as God. Maybe it was a conversation before the podcast We happened. talked about whether he's talking to himself or his inner, inner Heisenberg, his inner dark side, okay. versus talking to Crazy 8. I don't think God – he was in the room with us. Yeah, yeah. As he is he always, always in our podcast. Yeah. But, uh, I, yeah. Uh, he's the chili pee of this podcast, really. <laughs> Indeed. I mean, if you want to get right down to it. Uh, yeah, I certainly think that that's valid uh, perspective on what Walt is doing in that scene. All right. Uh, Shane B. at a point. Uh, also, he's a proprietor of the Heisenberg Chronicles uh, yeah. Tumblr site, which I reference on each and every show notes if you want to see uh what he thought and he's always amazes me in his ability to dig up stuff that i i i pride myself in doing a little bit of internet research we spend a couple hours each week you know cruising trying to find the best information shane fuck it uh he's got this stuff on lock i don't know whether he's got little various style birds bring it to him or what but he's always got two or three times the stuff that we're able to dig up and expound on our thoughts uh, check it out, heisenbergchronicles.tumblr.com. He says, Vince really pumps the brakes with the momentum in this episode. Oddly enough, though, this is when Seppenwall started to really like it, as we talked about at the top of the podcast. Mm. But for good reason. It's been nonstop from the jump, and we need time for the characters to feel the impact of the events and their decisions. We also need time to develop and widen the world around them. 
They're not always the most exciting episodes that Breaking Bad has to offer, but they're essential to character development, world building, and to set up the next surge of momentum. Yep. I agree. Uh, do you think Walt got over the killing of Crazy Eight a little too quick? I mean, he doesn't seem to be too affected by it. He sees the Tampico thing, and he takes a second. But other than that, it's all Walt this episode, right? That's a good question. And I feel like there are some people that... And, you know, we were talking, we talked at length about the latest Dan, Dan, uh, Carlton, what shit? Carlin. Carlin. Yeah. yeah. Dan Carlin podcast about World War One. Yeah. The hardcore history. And, and what you do in certain situations. I feel like there is a class of people that if they're attacked and they kill a person in defense of their family or themselves that would sleep like babies. Okay. And yeah. there's some type of people that would never get over killing a person regardless of whether they're attacking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, there's everything in between. It feels like the evidence is that Walt is in the firmly in camp A. Yeah. He's kind of mostly gotten over it. That it's, you know, the experience was a a a, a rush and it wasn't something that he enjoyed. But he's not going to be overly fucked up about it when he goes back to his wife and child and unborn child. Sure. I can buy that. Terry QC said two comments about the last caster episode, The Bags in the River. Am I the only one who thought Crazy 8 was full of shit when he was talking about going to college and playing an instrument? The whole time I thought he was just trying to make Walt feel bad for him. What do you think about that? It could be. It could be, but also you could have – he could be – uh, he could certainly be like Jesse with hidden talents or like Walt. Yeah, where, yeah. that's what I was going to say. I mean, like we said last week, the, the gap between where Walt thought he'd be and where he is is probably no wider than where, you know, his Crazy Eights dad thought he'd be and where he is as well. Yeah, I, I think the key point is Jesse, right? Jesse has talents. Sure. They're just not, <laughs> they're just not fulfilled within the meth empire that he's building. Uh, my thought about the gas mask, it never occurred to me that it was a cont- continuity error. As soon as the kid picked up the mask at the end of the episode, I said, oh, crap, they're going to show their parents, and they're going to turn into the cops. And that's all it was, parents meeting them at the site, handing over evidence, question mark? I'm. That's not what happens, though, right? They find a gas mask. The, the DEA does. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it was a continuity error about the placement of it and all that. And the, the, the gas mask uh, pops up in this episode, and we'll have to see... Maybe Where there are just it goes. tons of tons of gas masks in that desert. There's <laughs> gas masks everywhere. Every three square feet you get a gas mask. Yeah, cactus, cactus, gas mask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next email from Emma. So Emma is a frequent contributor to our uh, Mad Men podcast, and we have a lot of what we call official kind of um, daily show style correspondence. Uh-huh. Emma's our official sex worker correspondent. Okay, yeah. She says, I was listening to your most recent Breaking Bad podcast, and you guys were wondering how one could get to the point of selling your services. Parenthetically, sex workers don't sell their bodies. They sell their services. Sure. Interesting. I wouldn't I, you know. buy that completely. Sure, sure. I'm just saying it's interesting, the self-worker self-image versus the common image of it. You know, selling your okay. bodies. Yeah, they yeah. don't consider that. Sure. Selling your bodies is something that like do- a slave or a demeaning person would do. Selling your services is something a professional would do. So that's kind of enlightening. Okay. Uh, how you could sell your services for so cheap. While I've never been a street worker, I met a woman who was one through my city's local chapter of the sex sex workers outreach project, a swap, if you will. The idea of sleeping with someone for a hit usually starts with your dealer. 
Ah, plus when you're doing meth or heroin, you become part of a community where that's an acceptable practice. The one I know who is selling cheap blowjobs tried several times to stop, but there are multiple things in your way. What she then categorizes, number one, you're probably homeless, so where do you go to detox? Rehab costs money, and at this point in your addiction, family and friends want nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. Even if you As have we play- see in this episode. <laughs> yep. Even if you have a place to stay, how do you get a job? You've been officially unemployed for a few years. Plus, you most likely have a criminal record for drugs, prostitution, and robbery. All Both of these very good points for legalizing drugs and, and putting the billions <laughs> of dollars we spend yeah. and arming our cops and eroding our rights into treatment. Oh, and, you know, maybe legalizing prostitution as well. Uh, That's a separate podcast, but I have strong feelings on that as well. Number three, what's your motivation to stop? At this point in your life, your kids have probably been taken away from you if you have them. Because all your friends are drug addicts, your romantic partner probably is too. Even if you want to leave your druggy friends behind, you have to find new people to hang out with. And who in quote-unquote regular society wants to hang out with someone who does what you do? If you you really want to dig into this a little deeper, The Shield is kind of a good show for Mm. that. They Mm. they have some shit in there that... Mackie and her and his that's Walton, Walton Goggins yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, drug addiction creates a bad cycle and there aren't enough resources for most people to get out of it as for the Johns who pick up these women which is another thing we question like who the fuck frequents lot lizards and streetwalkers yeah, yeah I have a couple of guy friends who have said they sometimes they get in the mood for it Kind of like, I guess, I get like in the mood the for mood a Chinese for a, buffet. For a low-rent blowjob? Yeah, no, I get in the mood for... I, I want to see how much food I can stuff in me for $4.50. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I have that little... Res- no, sir, that's a perfect example. I sometimes yeah, eat no, McDonald's. Right. I have so little self-respect right. for my body. The thing sustaining the thing that is me on this planet that mm-hmm. I put shit into it. <laughs> Yet I'm telling the guys getting blowjobs from streetwalkers, whoa, man. Yeah, the yeah. hell are you doing? Come on, what are you doing with your life? Uh, as for the Johns who pick up these women, I've met a couple guys who said they sometimes get in the mood for it, mm-hmm. though they all deny actually doing it quote-unquote, wink-wink, parenthetical, because of the dirty-dirty factor. It's taboo and in public. Uh, She says, I used to do car dates with a couple of people who wanted to fantasy. Parenthetically, I wasn't charging 10 bucks. In fact, it would have been cheaper to buy a blowjob off me at my house. (laughs) Wow. Uh, But they wanted a fantasy of picking up a street worker for a... delivery from Jimmy John's, you know? (laughs) Was it freaky fast? Legitimately. I'm, I'm not making fun. Um, I think you want me to come to you. It's going to cost you extra. Uh, sure. Delivery charge. Mm-hmm. Uh, pick, uh, they want the fantasy of picking up a street worker for a blow J without the risk of a pimp huh. becoming involved or of me having a weapon. That's interesting. I stopped because I became more and more afraid of getting caught. No, totally. If you have the choice of, uh, of having people come to you or making in calls versus getting your freak on out in the streets where cops routinely fucking bust that shit up. Even if there's no prostitution involved, I think you're making the right call there. Emma, I wonder how much. Yeah, the idea that that's a fantasy is certainly not a fantasy of mine. But no, to... I've definitely got dirty, dirty fantasies, and that makes oh, sense oh. that people. Yeah, no, I mean, next week <laughs> we're gonna get into those. No, I can. That totally makes sense now. Yeah, yeah. That's all I got, Jim. Uh, we got a spoiler section coming up. Not as much in this one as most because yeah, yeah. it slows down. So do spoilers. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to give us more feedback, do so at Breaking Bad or I'm sorry, Breaking Good at BaldMove.com. Follow along on our weekly show threads on Facebook.com slash BaldMove. And if you got something you want to say to Jim and 140 characters or less, do so at BaldMove.com. I'm sorry, at Twitter at BaldMove. 
Yep. Ready for spoilers, man. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next Thursday for the next episode. Yet another one. Uh, and until then, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. With the spoiler section, what uh, do we have this week? Uh, as always, check out Shane's site, heisenbergchronicles.tumblr.com. Also, another great site, if you want more information, is cereable.com. They're Breaking Bad Observations. Spell that, because I was like, cereal? S-E-R-I-A-B-L-E.com. I link it always, always, always in my show notes at baldmove.com for both. Um, okay. And it's kind of hard. I find it hard to find the content. I have to Google for it, so it yeah. kind of takes the sting out of that. Um, but here's some things that jumped out at me. Number one, Hank's comment about this is no super lab in Mexico. This is being cooked. <laughs> Definitely a little um, something that's mined for the later cartel episodes and s- speaks to Jesse, you know, going down there and, and teaching the uh, Mexicanos what for as far as making the crystal, mm-hmm. as Combo puts it. Sure. We get we get a small taste of what it might look like if Walter White was pulled over, mm. uh, which he later gets pulled over and then has a fit. Yeah. Fire rained down from the sky on my fucking Aztec, <laughs> and you're going to be psh, mace, mace. Yep. Um, so something that I haven't seen anywhere else, this is a unique Aaron thought. Oh. Uh, I saw a lot of kind of handmade, hand-hued furniture in the Pinkman household. Mm, I saw especially okay. the bookcase that uh, uh, that Jacob has, that Jake uh, Pinkman has, yep. with all of his awards on it. looked like it might have been handmade. Uh, the chest that Jesse had the toys and shit in looked like it made. We know that later on in uh, this uh, uh, Al-Anon or whatever the hell meeting he has. I think it's Problem Dog is the episode. It might have is been. Is that where he? Yeah. Yeah, maybe not. But he go he confesses sure. to the group that he had you know that someone challenged him to apply themselves in woodworking class. Yeah. So we know he took a word and he he made he used the best woods, he put all of his skill and he made something truly beautiful, and yep. then he sold it for uh, weed or meth or whatever. And it's sad. But do you think that because some of the stuff didn't look necessarily expertly, do you think that this that might have been born from just the fact that the guy dressed the set a particular way? Is this some of the stuff? Or is this that, stuff that Jesse's made? In class? That's what I'm is thinking. That, that this that yeah. this the implication that this is stuff that Jesse might have made. Potentially, I mean, I don't know what size the box he made is, but we well, do know he traded it. Yeah. Away for now, sweet. And again, the, the the box in his room looked like it was fucking the bomb. It looked like it was very high quality. Um, yeah, yeah. But it but it was dark. Maybe it was shittier. Maybe I, it was I less think, quality wood, or he's just using pine or whatever. So I I don't feel like if I'm looking at this from a production standpoint, that at this point they would have enough fleshed out about Jesse to to be purposely doing that. No, and this is that's what I'm and saying. I don't know if they would even like. I don't know how you as a writer go back and say, you know what? The set looks a lot like Jesse could have made some of this furniture when you're I think that's exactly what they do. You you really think that they went back and they looked at it and they said, oh, well, let's we were kind of got to go with this story of Jesse being a woodworker. I think that especially on a 
you know, with the relative few amount of episodes, you know, if you're making Lost and you got 150 episodes, you can't do this. But then, and we've sure, said this before, sure. a lot of this isn't so much Vince and the Villigan uh, uh, foreshadowing as it is strip mining the past to make the better, the, the present better. Yes. I totally would buy them going through yeah. and say, and maybe, you know, they, maybe their prop budget was limited. So they did have some handmade furniture in there, shit that they bought in secondhand stores and that could, they could use that to build the lore. Yeah, um, I don't be. know. just something, a little observation I, I thought was interesting. Well, I mean, right along those lines, you, you look at the, the idea that we discussed in the main section about Jesse being an artist and, and, and not the scientist that Walt wanted him to be, uh, telling him to apply himself well he did he did just not in chemistry class he applied himself in that woodworking class it i'm i'm curious why he got out of that um when he clearly had a passion for it drugs and and let his (laughs) uh, yeah basically it sounds like it um but that that was an outlet for him right sure he got really into that and it seems like later on in the series he definitely understands the path that he could have taken uh, and regrets not taking it. Hmm. Well, I also liked again the to- the the comment of the doctor that it's treatable because there was a lot of you know season four or five speculation about Walt and whether the can he was actually going to die of cancer or die of some other thing or sure. whether his cancer is going to be Bryson or and also M60. what Walt's own reaction to you know there he when he finds out that he is in remission. He has a very complicated reaction where he oh, he, yeah. he beats on the the towel dispenser, the hand dryer. I can't remember what it was. And you could say, you know, he's he's this is just him being full, kind of like after he blows up Tuco's joint and he punches the steering wheel. This is just a primal scream type of release of energy. This is him letting go of grief. This is him angry that this uh, going out with this uh, blaze of glory that this not give a fuck is being robbed from him. Uh, that's yeah. all set up from this 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 meeting with the uh, oncologist. Yeah, definitely it starts there. Um, what it so we 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 talked about. Um, let me see if I can go through uh, some because some, some of my notes are. Oh, oh, I know what uh, the tarantula. Well, several times in the official podcast. Of Breaking Bad, Kelly Dixon and other people chide Vince Gilligan on having just a fucked up view of the world. Okay. Evidence one of this is that he apparently uses spiders as a symbolism of innocence. Jesse looks at his toy spider, the little redheaded kid in Peekaboo, that uh, just a terrible, sad, very emotional episode. Uh, that kid has a little toy spider by his bed. Uh, we know later on uh, Drew, uh, the kid that actually gets killed by on the motorcycle, yeah, by the uh, toe-headed Nazi kid, uh, is collecting spiders. This does seem to be a um, you know you, you know something that runs through that Vince Gilligan considers these toy spiders or real spiders to be something childlike. That's really weird because spiders don't. Indicate no any kind of innocence or childlike qualities whatsoever to me. And yet there it is. Jesse reminiscing about his innocent past, the kid in Peekaboo yeah. sleeping soundly as Jesse's tucking him in, and Drew collecting de- spiders in the desert. Uh, what are you doing, Villigan? What are you doing? Hey, we don't call him the Villigan for nothing. <laughs> uh, Walt's a scrawling note to Jesse about applying oneself. 
a yeah. callback, or I'm sorry, uh, Echo Ford or Strip Mining of the Past, uh, when Walt says to Todd in Say My Name that you mm. applied yourself, and that's the important thing. Yeah. Also, Todd becoming a better student than Jesse, although ultimately far less successful, because Todd's a, s- a stupid lunk. Yeah, no, I mean, there's the definite theme of Walt being a teacher throughout this episode and then being a mentor to people, you know? Mm. Uh, he He never loses that spirit. What do you think about the mirroring of Jesse dropping by Walt's place um, for a quick debriefing slash giving him of his money and and Walt uh, telling him, get the fuck out and never want you seated to go? This is uh, very similar in the way the shot's constructed and the way the show the scene is paced to Walt visiting Jesse and gliding overall with his massive duffel bag share. When he gives it and to then- Jane? No, no, no. This is gliding over. This is in the final season. Oh. And then Jesse ends up mailmanning it or paperboying it everywhere. Yeah. And, but it's, it's the, the dialogue that, uh, Hmm. uh, you know, it's kind of a reverse that Walt's trying to square up with his partner where Jesse was trying to square up with his and also bring him back into the fold. I like that people are trying to give so much credit to the writers and, uh, the creators of this show. I don't know how far I want to go. Again, down it's not that track. It's not giving the writers credit. It's them giving a shit about their past. Well, that's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, okay. Like, saying that they have this encyclopedic knowledge of their show and they are intentionally putting in callbacks to very very specific scenes. Five seasons ago, I don't know that I buy that. Yeah, but I mean, like, this I is... buy that these are the ways in which these writers create stories, and that those reflect in the previous stories that they've created because that's who they are. Sure, sure. I don't know that they're specifically going after it and saying, "I've seen this graphic." This is why Serial is so good because it's like they're they're putting the scenes where it's like it's not just. It's it's Walt looking out a window. It's Jesse looking out a window with white frames. It's it's the sure. person being approached, approaching, being in the same spot. And uh, I again, I, I feel like that. And, and Vince Gilligan's already a pop culture sponge anyway. I feel like this is totally in his wheelhouse that he do, does that stuff. Well, I'll let you be the the conspiracy conspiracy theorist on this show. Okay, fine. And, and I will be the guy who calls out. Bullshit. Dead man's brew. Dead. <laughs> Fine. We'll f- we'll f- we'll f- flip rolls until we get to season. <laughs> and then when four, someone does then... the Breaking Good podcast, they're like Jim calling bullshit on air on speculation. <laughs> Mirrors air on calling bullshit right? about this. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> this <laughs> one was that's... intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what about Walt retrieving the bills from the pool, mirroring the way he uh, the the poolside scene from No Mas, where that time. Uh, Walt knocks the cash in himself, and they're both retrieving. Uh, it's, you Where know. he's burning the money, and he throws it all in the pool to stop it. Yeah, and he's retrieving it with the the he's, the he's getting it out net. with the net, Ugh. the the Pathetic. bug skimmer. Pathetic net. I don't know why those nets are such a just sign of mundane bullshit. <laughs> really? Uh, like the pool net is the most offensive article 
of pool maintenance that I can imagine. Is it? It really is. As a me. guy who grew up with a family that had an in-ground pool. <laughs> I did too. I did too. Okay. Yeah. Like it's like every, you know, when you want to jump in for first time of day, you spend a minute or two <laughs> skimming the surface to get the shit out but of there and you so jump in. it's so sad. It's like the... <laughs> is it really? It really, it really is. In my mind, like cleaning out the pool is the last fucking thing I ever want to be doing. Mm. I want to be using the pool. Mm. Not cleaning it. What do you think about the? There's another. That's some, just me. I, some, I'm weird. Something I'm stealing from Serial uh, Junior jokes about the possibility of him having a beer uh-huh. in season two and over. You had the scene where Walt literally force feeds it to him. Yeah, not literally, yeah. figuratively yeah, force feeds the tequila it to, for him, yeah. to to Hank's horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that's an intentional strip mining, or is that more Dead Man's Brew? No, I think that could be. It's a. Uh... You know, something that I think Hank brought brought about in both situations. Uh, the only other thing, and I should have put this in the main cast, is Junior, uh, I was uh, I, I had to look this up, but Junior and Walt are watching Plan 9 from Outer Space. Ooh. Ugh. Which we've both seen yeah. straight up and with riff tracks. It's, a, it's widely held to be one of the worst movies ever made. It's the subject of the classic yeah. Ed Wood, Tim Burton... Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp mashup. Yep. Uh, and it's just amazing how shittily it's made. Terrible. However, it's also about aliens. Uh, Plan 9 is specifically about resurrecting the dead to help uh, take over to Earth by the spacemen. Um, is there any information to be mined there? Why are they talking about, you know, hmm. bringing the dead to life? I feel like this might just be. Is this a nod to Skyler saying, saying let's it's just put the worst possible thing we can think of on that screen? Mm. The like, least I, likely I wonder, that a family would gather around to watch. Yeah, I wonder where they decided like we're going to have these background movies mean something because like later on when Mike is watching like Bridge Over River Kwai and sure, stuff like that, that does have meaning. That Scarface plays directly into the story. It's harder to see that here, and it feels more like. They're just kind of having fun. Yeah, it could be. Uh, maybe but, you know that's maybe me Villigan's a big on all their talents <laughs> again. Maybe it's Villigan's a big, uh, big Ed Wood fan. Yeah, he could be. Maybe he is. All right. Well, that's all I got for reels this time. If you want to go deeper dive on Heisenberg Chronicles of Cerebral, I've got that stuff linked for you in the show notes. Um, super excited to have everybody along for the ride this summer on the Breaking Bad rewatch. Don't forget, every Sunday from here until The Walking Dead, they got uh, a little Breaking Bad mini marathon on AMC. Uh, Sunday starting, I believe, at six, maybe it's five. Last till like one o'clock in the morning. Uh, if you got nothing else to do, uh, as a last possible resort, and fat, you know, <laughs> if you if you if you're not into like football starting, or so you can get, at least get excited. You can gear up for Sundays with Breaking Bad. Sure. That's all I got, man. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time. See ya.